0: Bonjour, and welcome to A Face for Audio with Imogen Church. Today's audio berry is called Burly Q. Those of you who have listened to other audio berries will know that during my time living in London as a jobbing actress, I started a second life in the evenings as a terribly naughty burlesque dancer. My burlesque name was Stella Plumes. Nobody even knew my name, actually. The girls I was friends with, the boys I were friends with, doing burlesque, none of them knew my real name. My name was Stella Plumes. And in the evenings, I would turn up with my little wheelie case and I would say, hello, Stella here. And then during my show, I would become a host of other characters, the main one of which was Enid Brown. Now, Enid Brown was a very shy 1940s librarian and Enid Brown loved cake and books and taking all her clothes off in front of hundreds of people. Generally in my performances I would do comic poetry followed by a striptease. Seems an obvious combination now but at the time it was you know quite radical and quite interesting. My time doing burlesque genuinely did change my life there's another audio berry where i talk about my body and feeling like the industry of acting was telling me what to do with my body and telling me how to feel about my body and for a while i listened and i felt pretty rubbish about my body but when i discovered burlesque which was actually due to an acting exercise when i discovered burlesque i discovered my body was fabulous. The way I got into burlesque was I was in L.A. doing a kind of week-long acting masterclass. A friend wanted to go and she didn't want to go on her own, so I said, all right, I'll come with you. And we learnt maybe a couple of things, not a vast amount, but we had fun. And one of the exercises they asked us to do was called Sexy Dance. The object of Sexy Dance was to dance, sexily, to essentially bring along a track, a piece of music that made us feel quite sexy, and some clothes that made us feel quite sexy, and to do a sexy dance in front of the group of actors. I guess, in essence, the idea was to help you feel comfortable with being sexy, to feel comfortable in your body in front of people, which is quite an important thing if you want to be an actor, I guess. When I was younger, when I was a teenager, I was addicted to anything vintage. Old movies, black and whites, musicals. I had stacks of CDs of Glenn Miller, Fred Astaire, Frank Sinatra. I had old Jazz Bix Beidbeck stuff. And on one of these compilation CDs was a track by Dinah Shaw, well, sung by Dinah Shaw, called Blues in the Night. And I can remember, I must only have been 14, 15, hearing this song that starts with this piercing trumpet refrain. And in my head, being a very visual person, I just saw this stage and this spotlighted girl doing this striptease. It's just such a sexy piece of music. So when I was packing my bag for the masterclass in LA, I packed a bunch of my vintage clothes, which of course I had, a stocking, suspender belt, high heels, a nice spotty dress and a long piece of red ribbon. And I thought this is my chance to make that silly little dream come true. And so I did the sexy dance routine. And I remember before the music started, I was shaking so hard I thought I would fall off the heels I was wearing. And they were spindly heels, which in hindsight was not very clever, but I made it through, so it's fine. And the trumpet came in and I reached out an arm and I pulled it round to the back of me and I started to unravel this long red ribbon. And after the long red ribbon had come off, I was gone I was lost in my own version of on the town I'd become Ann Miller and I was dancing and I was taking my clothes off and the more that came off the less I cared and then right at the end I was stood in my heels my stockings my big kind of French knickers and a bra and I thought oh who cares and off it came the bra came off and there I was Boobs Ahoy, in front of a room full of people. And the thing that struck me was, it doesn't matter. They're only boobs. And I felt amazing. It felt like such a high. I've never been, never will be ever into drugs. It doesn't interest me at all. But if you want to try something that will get you as high as anything legal, I'm guessing, can just try taking your clothes off in front of people in a burlesque show because it's amazing. And that was it. I decided that, yeah, I wanted to do that again. And actually, I wanted to do that a lot. So when I came back to London, I did a bit of research and found, coincidentally, that the first ever London Burlesque Festival was due. And I emailed the guy running it and said, can I volunteer, I don't know, sell merchandise? And he said, yeah, come along on the first night. And so I was there watching these girls doing their shows and some of them were great and some of them were not so. And I had been working on a routine in private in my bedroom and one of the other girls volunteering said, oh, you should do newcomer's night in three nights' time. And I went, all right then. And I did. And I turned up to that nightclub at 11 o'clock at night in Notting Hill. I hadn't told anybody I knew that I was going And I got myself ready with my homemade pasties. Pasties are the little kind of discs that cover your nipples to give you that tiny little bit of um, modesty. And then I was stood backstage, dressed in my heavy 1940s overcoat, spectacles and headscarf, holding a small suitcase, which enclosed chocolate declares. And I saw all these other girls looking ever so sexy, and I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? And I got the compere to introduce me as a very shy, retiring lady from uh, a women's poetry circle who was slightly confused, but would they all perhaps be quiet, just humour me. And I crept out on the stage, and Enid was so nervous and so quiet, and I tiptoed forward to a microphone, and the whole place went deathly quiet. So quiet that I heard somebody halfway to the back wall, say, I think she's going to speak. And there was this... And I went over to the microphone and said, Hello. And they laughed. And they laughed at my poem. And they laughed at my routine. They loved it. And that was it. I was sold. And in complete opposition to my experience of acting... I never even had to look for work. It just came to me. People were contacting me, asking me for shows. I was coming up with new routines. I could have done shows almost every night of the week. It was that popular in London at that time. It was part of that resurgence when burlesque was no longer underground but becoming mainstream. Um, But I, (laughs) I didn't want to do too much and get too jaded. So I did maybe two shows a week with my little wheelie case trundling all over London And it changed my life. I felt gorgeous and funny and sexy and it kept me fit. (laughs) And I just loved it. And it gave me so much confidence during the daytimes as an actress. And it gave me confidence in my private life. It was one of the best things I've done with my life. I did it for about two and a half years, after which I started to feel a little bit jaded and as though I'd played all the fabulous clubs I wanted to play and as though the world itself that I was performing in was getting a bit small and maybe a bit cakey, And actually I started to care about how much money I was making, which was when I knew it was time to stop. But I will never forget my time as a burlesque dancer because it did change my life. So I thoroughly recommend it to anybody who fancies giving it a go, boys included. There are some great male burlesque performers out there. Anyway, it's not really to do with voice acting, other than the fact it led into my (laughs) career as a voice actress, starting in audio porn, which you will know from other audio berries if you've listened to them. But it made me happy. And unless you're happy and unless you're confident you're not going to be a good actor. Thank you for listening. Please tune in again. Bye-bye.